0: Keep more on Halo Talks NYC, I have the pleasure of having Lee Spiker, Rail Yard Fitness from Nashville, Tennessee. Welcome to your first Halo Talks.
1: Hey Pete, thank you. Appreciate the offer to be here. Awesome. Well, you've been a listener,
0: so you know what we're up to and uh, we're trying to make sure that we solve obesity and loneliness. So you're a uh, a helpful part of that equation, given your obstacle courses getting people moving, and you've got a illustrious career in providing fitness-related uh, products uh, to to the world. So, when you first start off, give us uh, your background, and then let's talk about how we're going to change the future.
1: <laughs> I'll be happy to. Um, I was uh, originally got out of college. Ended up working with my dad, had an opportunity to buy a boxing equipment company called Toughware. So my first six years uh, in the sports and fitness business was as a manufacturer. I designed and built boxing equipment for professional and amateur athletes. After I left that, I turned into a sales rep in Denver, Colorado, and started representing my first fitness company was uh, Weider Products. And while I was selling that, uh, the the weight plates figured out we needed a better distribution system for iron. So I started a a wholesaler for weeder products that turned into a retail store. The retail store advanced exercise products turned into five retail stores. Mm -hmm. Uh, We needed a, and we became one of the bigger distributors for universal gym equipment at the time. We needed a, a showroom, so we started a health club. So, I've been a partner in two health clubs. Uh, after that, I did one of the health clubs' high impact aerobics was starting to hurt people. So, I brought the ring padding that I designed for boxing rings and brought it into the aerobics room. That became the first sports specific aerobic conditioning floor, a robo floor, which mm-hmm. got me introduced to all the fitness people and AF and Idea when they were just starting up. And I kind of said, yeah, okay, you know, Jane Fonda was doing videos. And I said, you know, you, all these originators, the originating people that were creating aerobics said, you guys ought to be on video. So I started a video company called Fit Video and produced over hundred exercise videos.
0: Nice.
1: Uh, the, the ones that most people re- remember these days are the buns of steel workouts. Sure. So we sold a lot of bonds of steel workouts. I did the Nutra Systems workouts, sold 5 million of those, which took me into uh, something I'd had a passion for. And I always felt that was a real, there was a need for kids exercise. Mm-hmm. So my first thing with kids, I started the stackable steps, these little blue and green steps you find all over the place. Sure. I designed those when, the Step Company, Step Reebok, started off. Was that back with Rich Boggs back in the day? Uh, yes, I was. Uh, Rich was one of my floor distributors. That's funny. And Small world. Yeah. So, uh, Rich. In fact, Rich called me and says, "Hey, I got this Step idea that uh, somebody, Jim Miller, and in uh, in Atlanta had come up with, and he and I were talking about that. He went on his way." Mm-hmm. But I thought, you know, they're, they're too expensive. I designed something to go into schools, which was less expensive and stackable so they could store it. So I you know created that step product. And then I came across about 13 years ago, I was in, doing a consulting job for a group out of San Diego called the Goskew Method. Hmm. And they had a sports conditioning method of jumping around on logs. And it was kind of based on the exercise programs that come out of the European countries 40 50 years ago which is now becoming the functional fitness movement but they so have, the functional fitness movement was here before then is what you're saying oh the, this isn't a new idea no it's the original <laughs> fitness. yeah it's the original it's, idea that's now back again fitness. what do you know like bell bottom jeans that's it and I was asked to go out and I wanted to join a workout in San Diego and uh, this was the most difficult thing I'd ever done and I've done I had done everything mm-hmm. just jumping around on this this set of logs they called the patch. Mm-hmm. when I got done with this, I'm going kids would love this thing and if I could design it so it could be portable and you could stack it, schools would you know would love this thing
0: mm-hmm.
1: which then that led to the, the rail yard obstacle course. So it's, it's blogs and platforms that you can set up in various configurations and you can do all these functional movements, bear crawls, inchworms, vaults, all this stuff. And you can do it in an elevated space on an incline or a decline on a round side or a flat side. And over the past 12 years, we've sold but a thousand of these things in uh, schools and health clubs and Training facilities all over the world. So on the on the school side, and I was back at
0: my old high school and elementary school. Had to been out six months ago, and I felt like I was in a time warp. And not much has changed, and not much has improved. <laughs> uh, so my question is: Do these schools have the budget to make these purchases uh, off of their physical education budget? Is it an opportunity for a, a PTA or a donor. Is there an ability to get a company to sponsor it, or is that shunned upon because you're marketing your name to kids? How, how do we get this from a thousand know, sales to ten thousand where every optimal course is, is readily available to every kid that you know wants to be trying to get physically active?
1: Here's the uh, and it's a multi-pronged challenge. One is uh, during the, some of the previous uh, administrations, there was a, a focus on, on physical education in schools. So uh, we, the people, the citizens provided grant funding, which was under the form of the PEP grants, physical education for progress grants. And that was our heyday. And as soon as those were discontinued, about six years ago, mm-hmm. they came up with the new Every Student Succeeds Act, which elevated physical education to the same level as math and science, which gave p e access to block grants, which the whole industry is going, okay, we've really achieved something. this current the current philosophy is not to fund these things whatsoever. So there is no money in in physical education. Teachers who really believe in this can go out and find the money. And that's what we work with today. There are nonprofits, NGOs that have funding for schools. Uh, They can raise money through service groups will raise money for them. These courses, you put them in, they'll last for a hundred years. So generations of kids will get access to it. Mm -hmm. But I think one of the real challenges is most adults in this country really don't understand the value of exercise for their kids. Mm-hmm. If you think about it, all virtually all the media, and I get copies of virtually every article that's written about kids' fitness, kids' exercise, youth uh, activities, and the majority of them all talk about obesity as an issue. Well, obesity represents about 20, depending on where you are in the country, in Tennessee it's 30% of the kids are obese, Nationally, it's like 20%. Well, half of the parents of obese kids don't think their kids are obese. Mm. Half of the parents of obese kids are obese themselves. Right. So convincing parents to be the champions of fitness in their household is what we as a society have been trying to do for over 30 years, and it just keeps getting worse. So doing the same thing over and over again, as we know what that amounts to. So my thought process was that if America's parents understood, and this is all science now, this isn't just making this stuff up, kids who exercise an hour a day will do up to 40% better on tests in schools. They've shown that kids who exercise an hour a day behave better, and they've reduced disciplinary issues in schools up by up to 40%. Kids who exercise an hour a day have less stress, make better food choices. Where, where are these stats from? Uh, these are studies that have been done throughout the entire world. And mm-hmm. uh, at a onehouraday.org, I put links to them all. Got it. Okay. Uh, uh, there was a book written by a PhD out of uh, Harvard called SPARK, The Revolutionary New Science of Exercise in the Brain. Yep. It all went through why exercise, how it affects the, the, the metabolism, creates a protein called brain-derived neurotropic factor, when present in the brain promotes growth, neuron connecti- connectivity, uh, brain plasticity and all this uh, crosses the midlines of the brain and it promotes uh, you know, physical skill development. So all of this, these, this exercise, now if parents understood all these ancillary benefits that affect them personally right now, today, if their kids be- behave better, that should and go, hey, you know, if my kids behave better. What do I have to do to do that? Right. All they have to do is go down to their school principal and say, hey, my kid gets an hour of exercise every day uh, or I'm going to raise hell. Every, yeah, it's good. every principal I've ever talked to, and I've done workshops in virtually every state in America, and when I talk to the principals, they all go, if 20% of the parents come in here and demand something, I have to do it. Mm-hmm. Did you ever think
0: about I mean is there a need I just bought some Girl Scout cookies by accident last week because somebody wanted me to um but is there a, like a fundraiser that should be done to fund these obstacle courses in schools or should there be some mandatory allocation how, how do we how do we solve the 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 budgeting problem or or is the pushback on your sales Related to somebody saying, "Oh, I've got something similar to this," so we don't need, uh, you know, a, a rail yard, you know, product of course. I don't understand what the fresh. What What, what are the obstacles for you?
1: Well, the, the, mine is, uh, and I do have a more expensive product, and so my entire philosophy here is not to sell my product, but to promote exercise for kids if every kid in America was exercising, got access to an hour of exercise every day, I would automatically, you know, I've got one of the very few real honest to God movement exercise products that develop speed and strength and balance and coordination and agility all at the same time, promoting global movement that kids really like to do. Mm -hmm. The, the other objects of, uh, You know, sports related activities, game related activities, all are very, they all make perfect sense, but we can all raise the, you know, just, we just need to get every kid involved in exercise. And one of my things with the fitness industry is what, what I would really love to see is the fitness industry start looking at kids from a fiduciary standpoint, Kids are the future exercise consumers of the fitness industry. Mm-hmm. Sophisticated industries do what they can to introduce their products to kids. Just got to look at NFL Play 60. The NFL, yep, sure. their entire program is to introduce football to kids. It has nothing to do with exercise.
0: They just sure, want these sure. kids
1: to grow up to be football fans. Mm-hmm. So the fitness industry wanted these kids to grow up to be health club members, personal training clients, consumers for fitness things, fitness products. What could we do as an industry to help introduce our product to kids? And I think the industry, we had a spokesperson, a champion of fitness. If one of the trade associations were to take this on and just pull the industry together because the fitness industry has got a lot of influence.
0: Yeah.
1: I mean, the interesting part about
0: going into a health club and I've toured more health clubs a year than I work out in, unfortunately, but I I probably toured 1500 health clubs and you have a daycare area, which is, you know, a bunch of kids, you know, two to six, you know, coloring or, maybe playing some Nintendo game or going through a little bounce house. Then you've got the adults and there's only been a couple of clubs where I've seen that instead of having a a childcare area or a daycare area, they actually have functional fitness area geared towards, you know, let's say six to 16. Right. And no one is really allocating that space. There's actually a UFC fitness uh, gym in B-side New York that I understand has 800 kids that are on a monthly membership. So it's an extra, I want to say 30 or $40,000 per month. And these kids actually have their own section where there's a real, you know, health club environment there instead of, you know, an area that looks like it's for, you know, three-year-olds. Other than that, I haven't really seen a widespread proliferation of, you know, catering toward the next generation of Of health club member.
1: No, and you're absolutely right. And that, that there's that lack of uh, programming from once they get out of that daycare to where we will actually let them in the weight rooms uh, and they become members. So that particular facility went out and I would suspect they went out and they told the parents of the value of kids exercise. So this is back to an education standpoint. If... Health clubs as an industry were to educate, go out and say, okay, mom and dad, if your kid gets an hour of exercise every day, it will address their health and well being. It'll increase their physical skills so they'll play safer and they'll play sports more uh, effectively and efficiently. They'll have more fun at it, but they'll also score better in school. They'll behave better and we'll have all these other future benefits. Now, all of a sudden, kids exercise has value because in order to get a parent to pay for something, they have to think that it's got value to them. And right. unfortunately, most parents really don't understand because nobody's told them that kids who exercise skinny kids who exercise are better in school, do better in school and mm-hmm. Higher self esteem because they feel more comfortable moving through space. They're less likely to be bullied because of their higher self esteem. They're less likely to be a bully sure. for higher self esteem. So you've got all these ancillary benefits that nobody is really telling anybody about. I've looked for and have approached celebrities and corporations for 10 years trying to find somebody who would become the champion of fitness for, ex- for kids. If you think about it, there is no national spokesperson talking about kids' exercise. There just isn't anybody. Yeah, well,
0: it was about, you know, I think they had a pretty good White House initiative back uh, during the Obama administration. I feel like that whole exercise uh, Let's PR Move. campaign
1: is gone. Yeah, the Let's Move program. It mm-hmm. uh, was not funded by the government. It was underwritten by the, uh, the Dairy Council and NFL Play 60. And anytime you saw the exercise portion of Let's Move or Michelle Obama or somebody mm-hmm. out doing it, you actually saw the NFL and they were hitting tackling dummies or running and catching passes. Right, right, right. It's cool. It really doesn't promote general overall fitness or exercise. Fair point. So as a society, if we were to go out and implement this, we could do this. And here's one of the, from a money standpoint, you think about it, if kids in America got healthy, who would make money? Uh, The pharmaceutical industry wouldn't, medical industry wouldn't, the fast food industry wouldn't, the fitness industry can. So Mm -hmm. very few industries that stand to gain and benefit monetarily by creating a healthier generation. I've got videos of kids who, uh, and their parents, where the parents go, my kid exercises every day in school and she came home and she demanded that the family join health club. Yep. Kids have extraordinary impact on sure. family behavior. If kids in schools were getting an hour exercise every day, mm-hmm. And they can do this in the classroom for free, you know, right. need products.
0: The benefit of kids doing that is that they typically have no filter. So they'll just come home every night and say the same damn thing, oh. which is great for us. Right. They're like built in evangelists Look what on a, like doing. a daily recorder, almost like an Alexa. <laughs> like Look you got to join a health club. I think I can see yeah. my nephew doing that. And so find, I if need, being like, I'm all right, This is what we're doing. <laughs> they bug
1: you enough. You finally you just go do it. Yeah, it's,
0: yeah, yeah, it's a good look. marketing campaign. I got to think about that. We're gonna go after like the the four to ten year olds to go and hustle their parents instead of for toys to get them to join a health club, and then we you know, can we'll do get it. Get them a free membership as part of it on
1: the obstacle course. Every fitness professional in America, the health clubs, and trainers, and I like it. and the equipment manufacturers and distributors. We're just to share the just one solid message. We had a leader who can say, here's the message. Kids need exercise, not just because the weight lose, they need for social and uh, physiological, psychological enrichment. And it's simple. And you just gotta go ask for it. And yeah. Parents would actually go to health clubs and go, you know, I'll pay for a club. I just under somebody just told me what it, what it was worth. Right. But, oh my God, yeah! I had no idea that they'll be smarter and they'll behave better. Sure, I'll, I'll pay for it. Maybe the- we
0: should also market on Nickelodeon. Maybe take out some ads, some commercials on there. <laughs> Tell your parents instead of them telling you. I like that.
1: Oh, I have. I uh,
0: reached Took out. an interesting uh, turn in this in this podcast. I didn't think we were going to go there, but I think we found the, the the silver bullet is like market to the kids.
1: Yeah, and we could do it. <laughs> in schools with just a message. Yeah, like I said, the industry's got enough connections to actually drive a message, a singular message, out to the people. And if they all if they actually knew this, I believe that they would they would demand this product, kids fitness. And then health clubs could provide it, personal trainers could provide it. Yep. You know, you've got it could be product driven after a point. As long as that product is is fun, and mm-hmm. actually productive, and unfortunately there are kids' products out there that are marketed as fitness products that aren't that are just little miniature. There's actually uh, uh, gliders for kids and little manual plastic treadmills for kids, and, and I said if you make fitness boring or disinteresting, kids will grow up to go. I remember fitness exercise when I was a kid and it sucked mm-hmm. um, and all yeah, of I they're gone forever. Yep. I hear you. fitness is a fun and productive, enjoyable activity will go. Yeah. I remember fitness. You yeah, know, when I remember that, that was fun. Yeah, exactly. I'm with you. And so, so Lee, um, give us a couple
0: of, uh, a couple of quotes or things that, uh, that you like to say, or that you, uh, you, that has guided, you know, some of your, your professional, uh, acumen over the years, we're keeping a little bit of like a quote library. Uh, so love to know what you, what resonates with you. You
1: know, so one of the things that, uh, and I've done, and particularly in this, this kid space is, um, because in and particularly in the physical education world, most of the PE teachers are ex-athletes. mm mm-hmm their their fallback position is introduce and do what they know and that's introduce sports and there's an entire part of the physical educational world that's going okay we need to get away from sports centric p physical education because like I say you can suck at sports you can't suck at exercise mm-hmm. so you keep pushing sports there's always going to be a loser in a sports good point you can't lose at exercise and if kids were all programmed to grow up going, yeah, you can't exercise, you can't do that. Right. And Fair I'd point. I like it. The, I'd love the exercise industry to kind of, uh, you know, look upon how we introduce ourselves to the potential market. Mm-hmm. 260 some million adults in America by some standards the rec we got about 60 some million of them involved in the fitness world. What if we were to Instead of spend all of our time trying to sell and retain members, we were to increase market share. Sure. We could get another 10 or 20 million new customers. And I think the fitness industry tends to, uh, we we got a little block of customers. Mm-hmm. We trade them back and forth depending on what the new trend is. Right. You know, yep. what, not today. They leave a full service facility. They go to a hot yoga place, then they go to a spinning place. They go over to a hanging, uh, and then they they're right back into full service at some point.
0: Yeah. <laughs> All
1: right, right. Well, let's let's <laughs> do it together, and then our new tagline is
0: going to bring and bring you ten year old. That's right. <laughs> All right. Well, leave. It's great talking to you. I'm glad uh, we're able to get this opportunity. Hopefully, meet in person at some point, and um, let's try and uh. Keep changing the world. Appreciate what you've been doing. And uh, hopefully we can help. Thank you, Pete. All right. Have a good one. Listen to some music for us tonight because we're not going to be able to.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Got it. Got it.
0: All right, man. Talk to you soon. Take care. Bye.